I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Um, hey, there's an all-star game in your neighborhood. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Where the hell am I going to that game tonight? <laughs> You'd have I'd to have to leave five minutes ago. Yep. You too. Swing and a high fly ball drill. Forget it. John Carlos Stanton deep into the pavilion in left center field. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. Bucks linebacker Shaq Barrett. Still to come. Jets wide receiver Braxton Berrios. Steelers running back Najee Harris. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. And now it's Rich Eisen. 50 days, 50 days until the Bills and the Rams kick it off just up the road from here on the Rich Eisen Show studio in El Segundo, California. Hour number two of our program. Ian Rappaport will join us in 20 minutes time. What is going on with Jimmy Garoppolo? What is going on? When are we going to hear about Deshaun Watson? I mean, the Browns open training camp next Tuesday. I mean, I'm assuming we're, we're going to find that out between now and next Tuesday. And the, the, that being how long a suspension for Deshaun Watson is going to be. Apparently half a season, it seems. Um, is what people are talking about right now. And if that's the case, then it'll be in the hands of Commissioner Roger Goodell. Do you up it or not? Uh, and word on the street is that if it's a full su- uh, sus- year suspension, then there's a lawsuit coming. And good luck with that. As Tom Brady would point out to you. <laughs> um, so Ian's going to join us in uh, in about 18 minutes time on that. And uh, I would uh, suggest you not miss it. Braxton Berrios and... Najee Harris of the Jets and Steelers, respectively, joining us in hour number three of this show. I just predicted the Las Vegas Raiders are going to go 12-5 and five to back my play that I think they're going to win the AFC West. They're the first team that's all in uh, to training camp. As the veterans report today, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr back together again. I think that is going to be a dynamic duel. I am, however, leaning towards the Buffalo Bills to just win the whole damn shooting match. Ooh. If not the AFC, then the whole darn shooting match anyway. So um, this is the way I'm leaning. I've got about five weeks until the NFL game day morning kickoff program requires me to uh, uh, put a marker down on who wins the Super Bowl. I got, a f- I got some time. Chalk pick. Bills are the favorite right now. Is that right? I don't. I don't. I, I can't argue against it. I think Bill's favorite and Josh Allen, MVP favorite. I wonder how that's – that must be freaking Bill's favorite. Double, double. Yeah. The, whole, the whole world is thinking, we, we believe in you, we expect it. Let's go to the phone lines uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Jerry in Cincinnati has been waiting a while. What's up, Jerry? How you been? Hey, Rich, can you hear me? I can. You're on the air, hey. sir. Great. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. So I'm calling to see what you think of my idea for a reimagined college football system. 
so the uh, the idea is just eliminate all conferences and have a 72 team league with three tiers of 24 schools apiece. So Georgia and Alabama would usually be a tier one, and Tulane and Kansas would be tier three or sometimes a tier two. You'd actually relegate the bottom 12 teams every year and promote 12 teams up. You'd have a 12 game season. Four of the games are set aside for rivalry games. Four games are in your own tier and two games in each of the other tiers that you're not a part of. And then finally, um, the scheduling between the tiers is done kind of World Cup draw style with uh, ping pong balls at a multi-day <laughs> event like the NFL draft. For the schedule? For the schedule, yep. Okay. So give me, a, for instance, Alabama would obviously have to play Auburn, right? Georgia. LSU, and then uh, just in terms of rivalry games, right? I mean, you gotta you gotta see that. Maybe f- you throw Florida in there. I don't know. And then and then yeah. what? So those are your rivalry games, and then they yeah. and then they take on four teams from the tier two. Is that what you're saying? Well, if they're in tier one, they would take four teams from tier one. Alabama's then- in tier one. Yeah. So okay, then they yeah. take four more teams in tier one. Okay, yeah. which would be I guess USC, um, Ohio no, State, would, well, right? I mean. So they would tier one would be ranked like one through twenty four, right? Mm-hmm. So if you set aside the rivalry games, you just say okay, Alabama and Ohio State are in tier one, and you have ping pong balls basically like the World Cup, and you figure out who Alabama would play week one and in then, tier one, and then who and but who plays who where, right? I mean, I, I kind of I, I I hear what you're saying. Um, to me, that's way too random of uh, a scheduling process for coaches and athletic directors to uh, to sign off on right there and I do and thanks for the call I appreciate it Jimmy's thought it out I, I mean I, I kind of dig the relegation of it as well but um, you're not going to abolish conferences that's never going to happen I mean the SEC is going to just stay intact the Big Ten is going to stay intact and then whatever third entity might exist between whatever other conferences, the crazy fly in the ointment here are the 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 contracts that apparently the ACC has that these uh, ESPN with the networks right that, yeah. that 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 ties them from binds them from joining another conference right now or any other conference trying to fight there to get them, you know. And so that's kind of the fly in the ointment. If that didn't exist, I think the ACC would have already been broken up. <laughs> and and Clemson and Miami and Florida State SEC would have been in the SEC by now. Yeah. Or they'd be next in line. Can you and can so we that's just the imagine, way this is all going to yeah. go. As as you know, that's the way this is going to go. Can we just think for a second though the type of rating number it would get if we did have a random ping pong draw for the schedule? That would be ridiculous. I guess. Uh, I, I, like, Feinbaum is hosting that with, like, Gus Johnson. To find and, out who Alabama's playing. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that would be the highest. They would get Super Bowl ratings in the South. To find out who who Auburn's playing this year. Yeah. And Just, where? And like, where? And where? Yeah, and so, where? so each ping pong has, has the at on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. half have the at with the team, and then half don't. So you draw the road schedule and the home schedule. No, I mean you'd have to have a, a separate ping pong ball for container ats. for for ats, ats. and and yeah. road. Like you yeah. can't wind up with a 
the ping pong balls coming out to give you 19 road games. You know what I'm saying? No, of course. So you'd like you'd go to like, the road. Hey, we're ping drawing pong your road ball. schedule. Boom, there's your road schedule. Right. And we're drawing your home schedule. Boom, there's your home game. Right. And, I guess, and then I guess you remove the home ping pong ball from your from your thing uh, the minute it pops up on the app. Yes. Right. And then you go in, you pull it out. Boom. Massive number. Hey, I, I get massive it, but there's no, there's no way that Nick Saban and Dabo Swinney and, and Tough. Jim it's Harbaugh not up, and Ryan Day and all those people would be just like, let it up to the <laughs> randomness of a ping pong ball machine. It's just, it, 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 it ain't happening. Fantastic. It's not up to them. Like, let's just remove that from it. Just, let's just imagine a world in where this is taking place. It's just, at some point, 10 million, ACC teams will be free enough to join. Easy. At some point, at some point, you know, ACC teams will be free enough to join um, another l- conference. That's how it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And by like 2030, we're going to figure something out where where one conference plays another, plays, and, and there'll be like maybe four entities around the country, and the winner of those entities will end up playing in a college football playoff. Yes. And kids are going to get paid, and they're going to figure out what they're going to pay them, and they're going to figure out how to work whatever NIL deals within their own conferences. And one conference might have a better NIL deal than another, and they'll get the better players, and that's the way it's going to go. Uh, I really feel that. Seems like it's already going. That that's way. the way it's going. It's yeah. constantly going places. And if I'm the Big Ten, and again, one, I'll say it one more time. I'm the Big Ten. I'm calling up Cal and Stanford to say, you're a package deal. You're coming with us. Right now. Right now. Those are the two teams that I, I, I want to get into the San Francisco market, and I want those two schools. Their academics are phenomenal. You've got another rivalry built in. That's two more teams. You got two in Southern California. You get two in Northern California. You get the California market kind of locked up. Oh yeah, that's it. You got the Los Angeles market. You got the San Francisco market, and and and. You wouldn't have to twist a school president's arm and, at all to let you, you want Cal and Stanford. Of course you do. Those are the two that I'd want. I know people are mentioning Oregon. You're mentioning Washington. Washington. I understand that. But it's more than just that. You got you to gotta, you gotta look at the markets. You got to look at the schools. And you got to look at the academics. Because that's still apparently supposed to exist, right? <laughs> Those are the two that I'd choose from the Big Ten. Oregon has always kind of felt like an SEC team. Big anyway, Ten West. With the speed and just the, the fun of the uniforms and the way their offense has always been kind of a little innovative. I don't know. West always, Division. Of the they Big always Ten felt West SEC East. to me anyway. At some point, the Southeast Conference is going to take somebody from the Western time zone. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems like a matter of And it'll be like, okay, it's the Southeast Conference Western Division? Yeah, that's they got a division. Now. I don't know. East, hey, North, look, South and people will be like, how are they going to be able to do that, Rich? What, what do you think? The Atlanta Falcons played in the NFC West forever, okay? Yeah. Cowboys are in the East. I know. Yeah, it's, exactly. not like, it, it, it's not like yeah. we're, we're <laughs> teaching like, kids geography lessons no. based on football conferences, divisions. <laughs> Thank goodness. Rich, we live in Big Ten country now. <laughs> we actually do. So, it's actually not Don't so. you forget it, sir. <laughs> I saw true. When I saw Coop at visiting <laughs> day, and I'm like, did you hear about UCLA and USC? And he's like, yeah, I did. That's he goes, that means we're going to see Michigan games in LA? I'm like, bingo. Yeah, oh yeah. Bingo. Please. Maybe Rose one a Bowl. year. Oh my god. Maybe Michigan's at USC, USC. one year and they're at UCLA oh. the next. Yeah. Gotta think so, right? Maybe. Oh. I'll take it. 
Ohio if State. Harbaugh would, I mean, that's oh, a, 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 a road trip to Southern California every year. I would do that if I'm a Big Ten school. I would do that in a million years. Recruiting, come out here and win. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Recruiting. Right. You know, and the, you, you give them a sweater and say, uh, you'll have to wear this when you come to school. But guess what? <laughs> have you ever seen the? Have you ever seen a, a leaf turn? I'll never forget at the Super Bowl in Detroit in 2005. Oh, I did a chalk talk for some um, media, you know, some conglomerate. Yeah. You know, I, I emceed a chalk talk with at the time the best college football player on the planet, Reggie Bush. And we're in Detroit. Snow's falling outside, and he's staring out the window. And I'm like, "What you looking at?" He goes, "I'm watching the snowfall." And I just thought to myself, "Wait a minute, he's the one with the San Diego." area code on his eye black underneath his eyes i just turned to him I'm like have you ever seen snowfall and he goes no this is the first time that is stood next to reggie bush as he watched <laughs> snowfall for the first time well guess what big 10 country there's gonna be a lot of southern california kids who are gonna see snowfall for the first time and i would just counsel them to say don't make it happen in the middle of the third quarter of a game at michigan or at ohio state or at oh, michigan state no 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 yeah maybe you should sit in an, uh, in an ice chamber before you do that I imagine it's like the night game at Penn State, the whiteout's happening, and it's snowing. Right. And you just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. terrifying. <laughs> Never been in that environment before. Speaking of Detroit, Jeff in Detroit back here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jeffrey? What's going on, man? I'm just sitting up here thinking about you and Coop pulling up to the stadium with your maize yeah. and blue all rocking the yeah. colors, baby. That's so dope, man. That is really, really dope. Oh, I can't wait. Listen, I'm... Welcome back. Thank you, I'm sir. loving the tan with the grizzled look to it. You look real fresh, man. You look <laughs> like you smell. You know what I'm saying? When somebody looks so good on TV, it looks like they smell good through the screen. <laughs> first of all, first of all, man, you guys were talking about uh, Rich Eisen's etiquette in flying. Yes. The one thing I love about you guys is when you bring that up because me being five foot five, and I'm sure TJ understands this. When you sit down in an airplane, it's almost no room. But me being five foot five, ah, sure, pull your chair back. No problem with me. No problem at all. I can't Listen, relate, Jeff. I have, a, I have a question for you. Um, yes. With all of this going on, and I'm just sitting here thinking, Lamar Jackson really hasn't said anything about his contract. If I'm Lamar Jackson and his people, I'm waiting on the Deshaun Watson situation to resolve. Because at that point, I'm average. Give this guy guaranteed money, this, this, that, and the other. And I, in my opinion, I've looked at uh, Lamar as somewhat of a better quarterback than Deshaun. I guess that it might be just opinion, but hmm. with the electricity that he brings to his team, it's almost like, dude, we got to pay him whatever he wants because it's 100% true. Deshaun Watson kind of messed up the thing for everybody. And well, tell me about it. Hey, and thanks for the call, Jeff. I greatly hey, Jeff. appreciate it. I mean – Kyler Murray's not yet signed, folks. By the way. Seems like he BT wants to dump. get that done, though. By the way, Arizona tomorrow. reports next <laughs> by tomorrow. Tuesday. By tomorrow. Oh, rookies tomorrow. Sorry. Yeah, Arizona reports next Tuesday. Yeah. He's still not signed. Uh, got a few you haven't heard a thing on that. That's another make a note. I got to ask that in, of Ian in five minutes. Well, that makes me think something's getting done, yeah, right? Yeah. Honestly, I, I've heard nothing but everything is okay. Yeah. Yeah, and Lamar, I have no idea. I, I, look, look, I, you know, I I have been very vocal about Deshaun Watson's masseuse behavior and Instagram behavior, um, and it's been a while since we've seen him play. Um, I, I would put uh, Deshaun Watson above Lamar Jackson. 
on the quarterback list. Deshaun Watson. It's close. I know it's close. You could say it's close. Close. And I know Lamar won an MVP, and I know Lamar is, you know, uh, Lamar, and he does some crazy things on the field. Oh, on the field. On the field. Oh, yeah, crazy things on the field that you don't see before. Deshaun Watson's first career start. I was in that building on a Thursday night, man. In Cincinnati, Ohio, after Bill O'Brien didn't start the season with him for whatever was his reasoning. And then was it uh, was it Tom Savage who got the start? And then Tom Savage was benched at halftime. Halftime. And he he throws Lamar out there. And then his first start is the next week on a short week. And Lamar's using offensive lineman is his tight ends because the tight ends are all banged up. Deshaun Watson was, pardon me. And Deshaun Watson's first career start on the road in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati on a Thursday night. Yeah. They couldn't move the ball a lick because they were so banged up on a short week. And a kid getting his first career start after he doesn't even get all the reps in, in training camp. He had a 49-yard touchdown. He ran one in from, as Mooch called it at halftime, half court. Yep. He ran it in from midfield. Don't forget Deshaun Watson getting kicked in the eye against the Raiders and threw a touchdown pass half half blind. Tom Savage that week one game. Dude, I, it's <laughs> he insane. He was 7 for 13, 62 yards. He got sacked six times, and B.O.B.'s like, it's insane. nope, you're out. This <laughs> is, B-O-B. And again, this is, why, this is why the Browns, with everything going on, decided to do what they did. It's just that everything that's going on didn't prevent them or keep them or have them hedge their bet in giving him the greatest player contract in the history of the National Football League and friendliest, richest, friendliest, whatever. And that's why maybe Lamar's unsigned and Kyler Murray's still unsigned and this piece of stationery is still technically valid. But uh, everyone shouldn't sleep on Deshaun Watson's ability. And that's why the Browns fans are, are caping for him. Even though they've never really had a rooting interest for him. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Okay, we've got Ian Rappaport coming up next from the NFL Media Group. Uh, let's ask him about all this stuff. Training camps are going to be at this point next week. All open, all ready to roll. Rookies, veterans, all of it. That's next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on the show, uh, Ian Rappaport going to join us in a couple minutes' time when the terrestrial radio audience returns. Uh, as you know, we started uh, just literally one hour ago at this time. I think in the first commercial break of hour number one, we we let everyone know that George Kittle was uh, he was crowdsourcing on Twitter, um, asking everybody you know their thoughts on uh, guy next to me in the exit row put two bags in the overhead. Thoughts on this, and I said, look, you know, first in, first up. Um, we, that's why I got on the plane first. Uh, exit row, you can't put your, your bags underneath the seat in front of you because it's an exit row. So that's why you get on the plane. You get on the plane, you put it up, uh, you know, you use the overhead bin right away. And I guess you're supposed to only put one up there because I need to leave space for somebody else as if that person's going to really have your best interest in mind. And never. The chat and cut, by the way, the chat and cuts that I see when they're People are trying to board in your in Chat your in your in your, in your group number. Your yeah. group number. Oh, they come up. It's just like no, no, no. You're supposed to get on the very end of the line, behind everyone. Not just just walking up as a mosh pit. I'll just cut it right here and chat and cut. Yeah, right. I had somebody tried so, so, so I said that. I'm like, no. You 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 know, use the space immediately. George Kittle's responded. Uh, Rich Eisen. A couple of things to unpack here. Rich one. I was 19 deep, middle oh. seat exit row. Oh. So what is that? That means it's oh. a three, it's a it's a three on each side. Is oh. that what it is? No, yeah. no, it can't be. Yeah. No, no, because D would be an well, aisle. It usually is. Is it two and a three? Is it a two and a three it situation? Might be a two, three, two, three, two, three. It's a two, three. three. It's got to be a two, three situation. Two, three, two. Okay. Two, three, two. Well, it could be. Well, it can't be two, three, two. Oh, if he's on yeah. a seven, seven, yeah. seven, two, might, three, there but might be D, three rows. But a D? A B. D sounds like I to me, but C, I, well, we trust him. George is not no, a liar. Yeah, two, yeah. No, a, B, it's like a two, three. We flew home from New York. We F, had that. Yeah, D, he, calls me, yeah, he calls me. He calls me dialogical. Yeah. Diabolical. 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 The Bismarck. Treat others how you want to be treated. I agree. Exactly. I agree with you, George. I understand That's what I'm that, saying. But no, you don't understand that because I'm, I'm I, fine, I said that earlier. I'm fine didn't. with that if everybody signs a document going on in the plane that they're going to treat me the same way. <laughs> See, that? come on, bro. There's always going to be a fly in the ointment. And if there's one fly in the ointment, it's going to be just two bags in the overhead. Yes. All right. Um, what airlines do people fly on that you can't put a bag under the seat in front of you? That's the exit row thing, isn't Every it? Every exit row. Right? Exit row, you really can't. You can't. Right. And, and, and lastly, said, you seem like a 1A guy. Hey, George, yeah. I'm not a 1A guy. You know why? Because you can't put anything under the seat in front of you. The 1A, there's a wall. 1A, a and, bulkhead. 1A and bulkhead. No, thank you, you. There's no... You're yeah, you're, you're screwed. Although I do like that because there's nobody reclining their seat in my, in my face. 
which I'm I hate fine to with I hate to when that it. happens. I'm fine with it. Because I'm going to recline, too. I'm yes. a 3A guy. The now. person in front. I'm you see, you, you could be like, I'm not reclining because I, I don't want to be that guy for the guy behind That's me. That's how George Kittle and I. the guy in front of you is, and suddenly what? That's how George Kittle and I choose to live life. But I mean, I hey, need to ask George if cool. he's a recline guy. Hold on. Let me you just know? respond. Yeah, will you do that? And ask him about the armrest, too. Yeah, you're middle seat. That's big stuff. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. By the way, someone on Twitter had a great tweet regarding you and your, your plane etiquette. Okay, well, put a pin in that because we have, uh, for a man who's got a, he's got a hit, if you will, on NFL Network coming up in 18 minutes' time, which means I've only got about 15, 16 minutes with him. If that, because sometimes... My colleague from the NFL Media Group on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, the one and only Rap Sheedy and Rappaport back here on the show. How are you doing, Ian? What's up, man? How are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm doing very well. <laughs> Boy, is there a lot going You're on. Bodied by George Kittle? That's all right. Apparently, it's fine. He accuses me of being a 1A guy and being diabolical on a plane, and uh, I, 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 I am who I am. That's it. You know, I am. <laughs> I only know one speed, just like George. You know, so. I'd like it. to. Uh, I'd like to know how he ended up 19 C in the in the middle. 19 D. Not booking early enough. I like, don't know, man. He He's a man of the people. George Kittle in row. He's a big man of the people. Row 19. Interestingly enough, you know who's in row 19? Debo Samuel. What a segue. God, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) Um, Let's get into it, man. What's the Debo situation? What's going on? What do you got? Um, So he is back in San Francisco. Okay. Um, He has a camp. That's why he's back there. Okay. Okay. Although I know, you know, when you post on social media and it's like, San Francisco, everyone's like, oh, my God. But he has a camp. Okay. Okay. Still invested in the community, which is a good thing. Okay. And uh, his trainer went on and was talking about how he should get paid, which he should be getting paid. Right. And the 49ers would like to pay him. Uh, It's really just a matter of, you know, do they get to the right number? And do they sort of show him a plan going forward where he is not going to be in a position to be worn down and have his career shortened, which I think, I say think, was the worries before. Like he is a dynamic player. He is a great weapon. He is not a running back. And he does not want to be a running back. Like, would he like to take the ball on end arounds and stuff? Yes, I think he would. But he would not like to have, you know, 10 carries up the middle. Um, they did draft a running back in the mid-rounds. Um, they have some guys coming back from injury, so I think – that, you know, he would be in a situation where he didn't need to be used like that. And all of that will kind of add to the decision of Debo Samuel whether or not to accept uh, an eventual offer from the 49ers. And so that's a three-part, you know, uh, I guess, wish list. And the money, that that can always be worked out. Irreconcilable is where the Niners are located. That's not an issue? Any, anymore or that wh- wh- where, where does that rank and that because that was the hot uh conversation yeah. when we were going to vegas for the draft in the weeks prior yeah. and during the draft is that debo just doesn't want to live and be out in northern california in santa clara so where does that where does that yeah head? i mean now i must say like i never quite heard it like i know some talked about it i never quite heard it like that where he just did not want to be uh in california um I think he likes being with a coach who's really good and a team that just went deep into the playoffs. Now, he didn't get the ball a ton in the playoffs at the end, so that was a little concerning. But, um, you know, I've always said, I believe their issues are fixable. It's just not an easy fix. So it's not just about money. I think money will be part of it. 
But him showing up for minicamp didn't do anything, but showed up, allowing them to talk to him to sort of start the process of, like, you are valued in these ways. Here's how we are going to make it better. Um, I think that probably helped. And the fact that he's back in town, at least somewhat open to a deal, I think that probably helps. Um, so, yeah, there's some good things here. Uh, they just got to figure it out completely. Well, and, and the last item on that on that uh, punch list, if you will, Ian Rappaport, um, that is reconcilable or potentially irreconcilable is – is Kyle Shanahan codifying, putting down uh, a number or uh, a plan that um, that Debo will give a check mark to that involves play calling and his usage? And so, what what is the sensitivity on that front? I understand what Debo's is. What about Kyle Shanahan's on that front that you might know about? Well, uh, one thing about Kyle Shanahan, and, and he is, you know, as a Pure play caller. Like there's a lot of things that go into being a head coach, but just as a play caller, I feel pretty confident in saying he is about as good as it gets. Right. Uh huh. Um, and I imagine that he can come up with a way where they can be really, really successful on offense. They can have dynamic players make dynamic plays and have it be at a point where Debo is okay with the way he's being used. Like I think they can come up with some sort of a happy medium now. You know, it's on the personnel side to find the players, draft the players maybe, um, to kind of fill the void there. And if if Debo's not getting 10 carries a game, then someone else is. Are those players good enough to do it? You know, is it Trey Sermon who last year didn't do a ton, was a little injured? You know, is it someone they drafted this year? I mean, there there are options, but it's sort of on the coaching staff and personnel staff now to properly find the pieces to get the same productivity while keeping someone as talented as Debo Samuel as safe as he desires. Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's the scoop with uh, James G? Yeah, I know your report this week saying that he got a, a good checkup um, and report from Dr. Neil Elitrosh out here, the famed orthopedic surgeon and doctor mm-hmm. uh, on his shoulder. Um and that in mid-August clearance could hit, but the timing, how does this work, and what what do you see for his future, Ian Rappaport? Well, he is throwing and has been throwing for several weeks. That's good. Okay. Um, I believe he can, throw, he can throw deep now, make real throws, you know, like the 40-yard out. Like, he can do that. That is very good. That's not what we're talking about. You know, and I think by probably early August, he'll be able to be unrestricted we're talking about is him being fully cleared 100%, not worry about anything, make all the throws in practice, make however many throws a day, 100 throws, whatever it is a day, not have to think twice. That's really what we're talking about when it comes to full clearance. So my understanding is that comes in mid-August. So what that means is it's probably going to be till mid-August to figure out where he's going. You know, at that point, like there's, to me, there's no obvious, solution right now no obvious solution but what if someone is unhappy with a rookie what if someone's team is better than they realized and they only have a weakness of quarterback what if someone gets injured um the longer this plays out the better chance it is the 49ers could have someone um to trade him to but you know there is always a possibility that they don't and then what do they do do they keep him under the salary do they ask him to take a pay cut um which who knows if they'll do that? Do they just cut him? Like, there's 
still so, so, so much to play out here. Well, I mean, wouldn't he demand a release? I mean, wouldn't he just say, look, I mean, clearly you've you got to move to Lance. Clearly, right? And, and right. For, for every possible reason. I don't need to go further into it. And then that, that's the question. Because a release would bring Seattle into the equation if they would ever want to make a, a late right. mid-August so maneuver. If you're the 49ers, you know, you know that if you cut them, Seattle's going to be called. Right? I mean, once you, you assume that, right? So then, like, that makes cutting him not very palatable. Right? Right. So what do you think? I'm trying to figure it out. I, I just cannot, you know, I mean, the reason we're talking about this and the reason it's been such an interesting issue is neither, sadly, neither you nor I yes. have the answer. There's no answer because they want to trade him. Um, they do believe Trey Lance is going to be really, really good, uh, paying off that big trade they made last year. Um, they don't want to cut him, but they might have to cut him, or they could say, you know what, we're going to pay the salary so he doesn't go anywhere else and he gives us insurance. Like They could do that too. And if you're Jimmy G, do you demand to be cut, or do you say, you know what, I'll take $20 million. I'll just take $20 million. <laughs> Ian Rapp- For the record, Rich, yes. I will take $20 million. Ah, Very good. I'll, I'll mark you down as a yes. Uh, Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, so I still have uh, on my desk, because he hasn't signed yet, Kyler Murray's agents, Kyler Murray stationary uh, missive that got thrown out there right before the combine about he absolutely wants to be your long-term quarterback, Arizona, and he desperately wants to win the Super Bowl, and then all the business talk after that. And now, Tuesday, rubber meets road. It's time for the Arizona Cardinals to open training camp. What can you tell me about Kyler Murray's contract and all of that right now, Ian Rappaport? Uh, you know, it does sound like they're having some conversations. It sounds like those have been somewhat productive. You know, is a deal going to get done in time for training camp? I don't know. Um, but at least... You know, all sides are kind of acknowledging slash on the same page that, like, he's going to be there. He's going to be richly paid. An extension is something to discuss this year, not next year, for instance. So then it's just arriving at a number, and it's about negotiations. And to me, judging from where things stand, a deal can get done. Um, The quarterback market is pretty well-defined. So it's really just figuring out where he slot. I mean, there's so many big-name guys with big-time deals that, like, it's just a matter of slotting him in. Um, I, I don't know if they'll be able to do it in time for camp, but to me, this is a deal that could get done. Well, I mean, the slotting in, if I'm an agent, I'm saying the slot is Deshaun Watson because my guy doesn't have uh, a hearing and a suspension and lawsuits, and my guy hasn't required you to 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 – um, settle well, like, settle like suits with people who haven't even sued you yet, you know, and and so on and so forth, and everything, every penny's guaranteed. I mean, isn't that the way everyone? I imagine Lamar Jackson might be saying that to the Ravens. I mean, isn't that the way every quarterback's going to want to be slotted right now, Ian? Right, but our team's going to say, all right, well, we'll give you, you know, two hundred million dollars fully guaranteed. Here's a check, NFL. You know, we're going to do that. I mean, is Michael Bidwell going to write a $200 million check to the NFL? Mm. You know, that's the problem is when it's fully guaranteed, really fully guaranteed, 
you have to give it to the NFL and put it in escrow so they make sure you have it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Kind of an old antiquated rule, but it is what it is. Teams have not been willing to do fully guaranteed deals for quarterbacks, you know, absent the Vikings and now the Browns. Uh, so if you're the Cardinals, like obviously Kyler will ask for that, I assume, but is the team going to break precedent from what they've done in every other deal and say, all right, or is that the sticking point? Or do you say, you know what, we're not going to give you the full guarantee, but we will give you more than 46 a year. How about that? You know, so there's there's ways to do it, but I don't know if they'll do the exact, say, Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed deal. So uh, what what are you hearing, though, uh, in the conversations about Lamar and Kyler? And uh, that it ha- has the Watson contract affected all of this? What, is, what do you think? I understand that the people can get creative, but what are you hearing on that um, ripple, ripple effect? I, I would say that ha- has it affected things? Yes, because it is in the conversation. It is what everybody wants. Everyone wants to sort of mimic the fully guaranteed deal and make sure that when quarterbacks do deals that you get fully guaranteed money. I have not gotten the sense yet that teams are like, okay, you win, we lose. The contract will be fully guaranteed. I believe it will be something that they'll negotiate for. And if you're a team, you know, like you're never going to give in any contract, and I think you're going to give them every single thing they want. So you'll say, you know, we're not going to do a fully guaranteed deal, but we'll give you this. APY that you want. Like, it's something to negotiate for, and I don't get the sense teams have said, okay, fine, this is now the market. Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show. Before I let you go uh, and uh, and do your NFL Network thing, what what is the timing you're hearing on Deshaun Watson? I mean, because you've got to assume something's got to happen right now because training camp opens next Tuesday, and as long as the right. uh, ruling from the independent arbiter, the judge, isn't zero, the league will have to then – uh, decide on whether upping it or reducing it, which I doubt. So there's lots of there's lots of things left to to be played out, even even without uh, uh, the ruling just standing on its own. What do you what do you think, Ian? What well, are you hearing? So I agree with you that you know everyone sort of thinks that the deal will the idea that the uh, verdict will be in before training camp. Problem is is that although Judge Sue Robinson was jointly appointed by the NFL and the NFLPA. She doesn't really work on their timeline. She kind of works on her own timeline kind of whenever she wants to do it. So, you know, let's just say she's, let's say in her mind she wants the two sides to do, to come to a resolution. She can just wait. She really can. There's no reason to actually do anything. Like, we all want it because we all would like, like, okay, football, like, let's go. But she doesn't work like that, you know? Um, and even though everyone involved has always believed that, um, you know, a deal would get done or uh, the verdict would be in before camp, like, there's no reason it actually will. So we're still going to wait. I mean, Monday would be a pretty good day to do it. But again, like, we are on her timeline. She's not on ours. Wow. I mean, so nobody's basically saying, are you saying the judge really doesn't know training camp's opening Tuesday? And I mean,. Uh, that, I mean, she knows, I mean, but why? But it's not material to her. It should why, be, don't you, you think? Know what I mean, like it matters to me. Well, it matters to the but Browns. It matters, it matters to the. Her. It matters to the player in question. It matters to the teams. It matters to the league. It matters to literally everybody, except uh, her. Except her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
But, like, the only thing that matters to her is coming to a right and sure. real and fair and accurate rule. But, I mean, all the briefs right? have been in for a week. I mean, okay. I, I mean, know. I assume they're very long. It takes a long time to read stuff. Uh, I, see, I never used I... to get through books when I was in school. So, uh, so and, and I guess then last quick one for you. So there are conversations still between uh, both uh, sides, if you will, to, to come to their I, own resolution? I have resolution? not heard that there's any substantive real conversations. I just know, I'm saying, if she's going to wait, that would be one potential reason to wait. Ian, to thank, they could do a deal. thank you very much, Ian Rappaport. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, let's chat again soon. If not, I'll see you in Canton. All right. All right, brother. Look forward to it, Rich. Take care. Right back at you. At Rap Sheet, the one and only Ian Rappaport. Can you imagine... Brown's training camp opens. Deshaun reports because he has to. He wants to. I mean, he's the quarterback. He's the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, As of right now, Deshaun Watson will quarterback the Browns against Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. It's going to be Baker. Could be Sam. It's going to be Baker. <laughs> I mean, and. And the, the decision hasn't been made yet. And, I mean, it'll be easy media-wise for the team to handle. Like, we're, we're, wait, we're waiting just like you. We're waiting just like you. We've got a great team. Miles Garrett, latest member of the 99 Club on uh, in Madden. Oh. You, you know, I mean, we've we got a great team. Running backs are ready. Line is healthy. Defense hopefully better. We're ready. We just need, you know, our, uh, our quarterback to not be suspended for the full year. And she's waiting. Wow. Does anybody just like ping her? Does somebody ping Sue Robinson and like, say, hey, hey, what's up? I mean, the how close might you be? Are... How close might you be coming up with that number? Next Thursday. Like, let's wow. Think. Okay. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Braxton Barrios of the Jets and also uh, Najee Harris of the Steelers. Right. Still to come right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com eisen. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Is it true your dad's a Jet fan? Yes. I mean, such a Jets fan uh, that he has a Jets tattoo right here. Oh, my gosh. When did he get that ink? Uh, was it was he inspired by Richard Todd's play in the 70s? Or, or, or was it Ray Lucas in the um, 90s that caused your dad to get that ink? Who, what, what was it? Do you so know the story the big here? thing about my dad and being a Jets fan, and I was once a Jets fan, um, <sighs> now definitely a Giants fan. Um, 1969. <laughs> you're, you're so I'm close. sorry, I grew you're up so a Jets close. fan. And, um, <laughs> go on. Yeah, Just 1969, <laughs> the first AFC team won the Super Bowl, the year my dad was born. Born in New York, um, growing up, everyone loved the Giants probably a little bit more. Uh, so he kind of just went the other way, being a Giants fan, um, and kind of passed it on to me. Uh, so I grew up being a fan of Curtis Martin, Thomas Jones, uh, Chad Pennington, uh, the Mark Sanchez era uh, with Rex Ryan and those guys. Um, so I think he kind of got it probably maybe like when the Mark Sanchez era was going. I don't think he did it because of that. Sure. Um, he always had a passion. He always wanted to do it. And one day he just made up his mind. He said he's going to. Put a Jets tattoo right here. I don't know what I'm freaking out about more. The fact that you could be a Jet, you were living and dying with the Jets while I was living and dying with the Jets, mm-hmm. or that your dad and I were born in the same year and you could be my son. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a 10, almost 8, and a 5 at yeah. home. And uh, This is not about me. It's about you, Saquon. But, um, so was your dad disappointed that the Jets didn't take you? No. Um, my dad was just happy that, you know, he seen his son living his dream. Or didn't get a chance to take you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was happy just, like I was saying, his son, he's, him and my mother, uh, very fortunate to have both parents in my life. Um, you know, I've always went to them and told them what I want to do and what I'm passionate about, and they always give me great advice um, and uh, try to show me the way of what I got to do to get to my dream and live out my dream. So uh, when I got my name called, my it could have been the Patriots, it could have been whoever, and my dad and parents are going to be happy for. Obviously, my dad probably would like me to be going to the Jets, but uh, being close to home, uh, being in New York, um, you know, I can't ask for nothing better. Yeah, and, um, you know, for me to say this, you know, that I was, I, I, you know, I'm disappointed you weren't a Jet, also would could be construed that I'm not happy that Sam Darnold was the one who was taken by the Jets, and obviously he's very good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering how you respond to this, but I'll ask it anyway. I can kind of figure it out, but I'll ask it anyway. You heard the conversation throughout the season that Giants fans should have taken Eli's replacement. How do you respond to something like that? Um, I'm my, The way I was raised, my parents said there's people that's always going to have something good to say about you, and there's people that's always going to have something bad to say about you. So um, I don't really get bothered by that comment. Um, my mindset is that uh, it is what it is, and the Giants took me. Um, I have my own expectations and my own standards, and uh, I'm going to come in there every single day ready to work and try to lead my team to a championship. Great Saquon Barkley. We hope is healthy. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one built to completely bomb it. I should know because I am using it, and I love my new Rogue ST Max. That's the the uh, version of the Rogue ST driver I love. There's four different types that's uh, engineered for maybe you. It's been engineered for every player. I like the Max it's an incredible combo of distance and forgiveness. The Max D is a dedicated draw model for players who need more shot shape correction. I'm not, I'll be, I'm just not there yet. <laughs> I wish I knew how to do that stuff. Oh, now, if you yeah. need something more low spin, the Max LS gives you a stronger trajectory and more neutral ball flight. 
True players out there. There's the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS. Compact, low spin head. Tour players love it. Callaway's thought through every aspect of speed, so all you've got to do is go rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue. Last night's All-Star Game started by Clayton Kershaw here in Dodger Stadium. If there's any human being that deserves that sort of moment, um, it's him. What an incredible player he has been, pitcher he has been, Hall of Famer he is, and then just Hall of Fame human being. He is somebody here in Southern California that everybody loves. Honestly, I I know there are Dodger fans that prior to him having won that uh, World Series in the bubble uh, season, um, you know, there you might have might have kicked a rock here in LA and found somebody who thought like oh he's just not a big game guy right I mean like you might have maybe heard that but he's just a good dude good human I I've also seen him in front of his house I've trick-or-treated in his neighborhood he sits in front of his house he's the one out there giving candy to kids that's amazing he and his family I've, I've seen it I actually strolled up to him and a uh, Mr. Incredibles in an Incredibles uh, uniform, uh, 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 um, a costume myself. Okay, I've seen it. But just in case anybody wants to, uh, a fresh reminder of who he is, what makes him tick, and how incredible a human he is on top of what a great pitcher he is and what he means to people. A 10-year-old boy. Oh, I'm going to get emotional here. A 10-year-old boy found his way in front of Clayton Kershaw's post-game press conference, okay? Or was it right before? A dozen questions about his first career all-game start on Tuesday. So it may have been before. It may have been after. I, I don't know. But the kid's name is Blake Grice. He's a 10-year-old. And after uh, Kershaw took all the questions, he saw a kid waiting to talk to him. That Because he got up, thought the press conference was over. He sits back down and takes a question from this kid, 10-year-old Blake Grice. This is what the 10-year-old said to him. I'm Blake Grice. I'm from Denver, Colorado. And um, I want to tell you a quick little story. Okay. Um, so my grandpa loved you. He uh, watched the 1988 uh, series um, and he wanted to meet you. You and uh, Vince Scully one day. So this moment is important to me because I'm meeting you for him. Oh wow! And okay. um, he was from Redondo Beach, and uh, a little while ago, a few years, some years ago, he uh, died from brain cancer. And oh my gosh! Oh, come here, dude. <laughs> Great to meet you. He gets up. He gives a kid a hug. Come on. Great to meet you. Thanks for telling me. That took a lot of courage to tell me that, so I appreciate that. It was great to meet you. Granddad sounded like an awesome guy. Yeah? Okay. Good. All right. Thanks for coming up. That took a lot of courage, man. That was awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thank you for yeah. Time. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. All right. Is there a, do you have a parent here or anything? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Oh, According to a story in MLB.com, Blake's grandfather, um, Graham, died of brain cancer more than seven years ago. So I guess he was three. Might not remember much about his grandpa, but he knows this story. Wow. Before he passed away, Graham, his grandfather, 
made a list with his two grandchildren detailing everything they were going to do once he beat cancer for a fifth time, including visiting the Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, meeting Vince Scully, among other things. Graham passed away, never got a chance to experience those moments because on the list was meeting Clayton Kershaw, and that's why Blake said, I'm meeting him for you. Oof. It's dusty in here, folks. Man. I don't know where it is, Man. how it is by you, but I'm assuming it is the same way. God, I love Clayton Kershaw. And just so when I texted you guys so yesterday beautiful. about this, and I asked you, had you seen it? I was... I fully admit, man, I was sitting on the couch caught up in my emotions. I mean, people that know me know my grandpa was my very best friend. And mm. as many, you know, African-American men of his age, he was a Dodgers fan. So I grew up, my entire childhood was spent watching Dodger baseball with him, reading him the box scores. That's how I got to know all the players. And he and I, he'd explained to me what all the categories meant. And I can remember the first time I made it to Dodger Stadium, I called him. Yeah, I was on the third base side and I just tried to describe to him what I was watching. And so when I saw this kid talk about, like grandfather stories get me. So like I said, I won't lie. I watched this yesterday and I had tears in my eyes, just kind of thinking of my own grandpa, our relationship with the Dodgers and to see this kid get to do that. Man, life is, I mean, for as many bad things as we talk about, like, just the goodness in human beings sometimes exactly kind of resonates and kershaw you could see like you know the light yeah from him and i just love the last part like you got a parent here <laughs> <laughs> i take back all the bad things I say yeah oh man clayton kershaw man that was that, that i mean Beautiful. guys that really that really did like i said me and my grandfather Beautiful. and that kid that just that got me yesterday <sighs> got me to thinking um uh, Clayton Kershaw starting last night's uh, game. I've got a list here in my hand. We we, we kind of batted this around pre-show yesterday. Let's get to it right here. That's yeah, it. Um, top five lefties of the 21st century. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Let's get to it. I've got number. You, you have any baseball music? What do you got? I can sit here and go. Nothing. No, 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 no. It's okay. Number five on the list um, is uh, your guy Brockman, and also the guy in Chicago, uh, Illinois. John Lester is on this list. Number five, two hundred wins. This uh, his entire career in the uh, in, in the twenty first century. Two hundred wins. Uh, almost 2,500 strikeouts, 3.66 ERA, five-time All-Star. He had uh, nine of his 22 starts. He won nine in the postseason. He was the MVP of, of the NLCS the year the Cubs uh, won it all. Yeah. And um, and his three World Series titles, two with the Red Sox and one with the Cubs. I, I think that kind of is a, a, that's your resume right <laughs> I think there. That counts. Um, uh, CC Sabathia has got a Cy Young, which is why I think we put him above. Yeah. Lester on this list. Thank you, sir. You know, you get 50 more wins, 251 wins in his career, Um, 3,000 strikeouts, a World Series title with the Yankees, six time All Star, 10 wins in his 23 postseason starts. There you go. Number three on the (laughs) list right here. I like it. I like it. You know, this is just like what they play uh, when there's somebody coming warming up in between innings, right? Uh, number three on the list is Kershaw, nine-time All-Star, three-time Cy Young Award, five-time uh, winner of the ERA title, 192 wins, uh, 2,700, 2,700 career strikeouts, and his postseason career just uh, 30 starts. He's he's 
13 and 12 in his in his 30 career postseason starts with a four ERA, but he's still three on my list right there. Number two is Madison Bumgarner. Mad how Bum. do you how do you not go with Mad Bum as no. postseason? You know, it's kind of that's it. Yeah. Uh, World Series MVP, three World Series wins with the Giants, four-time All-Star. You only 132 career wins um, in in the uh, in this century, but it's postseason. I mean, that's the end. He gave it a save. Remember, he saved one. Oh, that yeah. was one. he said against your Mets. If I'm, no, I'm part of me against the the Royals, who yeah. your Mets are about to play. Uh, but number one on this list, yes, sir. Even though he did have time in the uh, previous century, it's Randy Johnson. Would you believe in this century, Randy Johnson, 143 wins, 2,100 strikeouts, three Cy Youngs all in a row. He had that World Series title against the Yankees in 2001, won the strikeout leader award four times, four-time All-Star. I mean, two times he had the ERA title in this century. Those are the top pitchers of the 21st century here on the Rich Eisen Show from the left side. Randy Johnson's baseball reference page is just... But again... It's amazing. Randy Johnson was unhittable with the Mariners, okay? Right. From 2000 to 2009, 143 wins, 32 complete games, 12 shutouts. His ERA was 3.34, 2,182 strikeouts, three Cy Youngs all in a row, four All-Stars, a World Series championship... For the Diamondbacks, uh, you know, Schilling obviously had a huge role to do in that. They, that you know, season. right. Games yeah, one, two, please. six, and seven, they won. And guess who started games one, two, six, and seven? Randy and, and, uh, and Kurt. But um, four-time All-Star, uh, as I mentioned, he, he had the strikeout title four times and ERA title two times. And that's just in this century for Randy Johnson, which is why I'm placing him above Madison Bumgarner who, with all due respect to Dodger fans, I'm placing above Kershaw. Honorary mention, we were talking about, what, Johan Santana a little yeah, bit? Yeah, Johan, yeah, great, he had who a else great are we little talking run, about? Short, Chris Sale was in windows, this mix, too. Sale. Uh, Top lefties of the 21st century. Do we forget anybody? Uh, I'm sure we have. Randy Johnson's last year at Arizona, he was 40. He led the league in strikeouts, 290. It's insane. Dude. Unhittable. And in terms of all-star memories, you know, uh, John Cruck, his uh, moment with John Cruck, where he threw one over Cruck's. I, next time Randy's coming on, I... It was gonna, over or behind him? It was, oh, it, was, oh, oh, it was like five... Yeah, but it was like... It, wasn't it was five feet above yeah, his head. Like, it wasn't close. He was screwing around. Yeah. And he, then Cruck uh, put... He, he buzzed above his tower. And then his tower. turned his helmet around right, backwards. And then he threw the slider, yeah. which is just rude. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Bumgarner was an MVP of the NLCS as well as the MVP, and that save. That's the that's the one, right? Ninety three All Star. That's the one where he came in against the Royals and he saved it. Mm-hmm. Didn't he, didn't he win Game Six and he saved Game Seven? Is that what he did in that World Series? It, it was something r- ridiculous, like you that. know. Dude was a monster. if he gets in the Hall of Fame just based on those. Madison Bumgarner is a Hall of Famer, I think. Yeah, you don't. You know, long-term resume isn't as good as... Oh, man. Yeah, but much like Terrell Davis, you take the the short resume. You know, we're 22 years into this century, and he's number two on our list of best lefties, period. He also won the Silver Slugger twice. (laughs) 